You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. And it's just like that fucking song hits. Yeah. Like that's a disco song out the ass, but goddamn, that's a fucking powerful song. Give me your hero to the morning light. And it's like it's a build too. It's like a montage song, but it's not. And it's just like there's a giant gingerbread man about to rip your fucking shit open. God damn. Gumdrop buttons, motherfucker. No, we are not talking about mm. some awesome indie horror film. <laughs> We're talking about Shrek, goddammit. Not the buttons. Not the gumdrop buttons. <laughs> Dude, how, how fucking terrifying that is when you're, you're a kid first watching that and you're just like a right? big fan of like fairy tale movies you mm-hmm. make gingerbread cookies with your grandma and this guy john lithgow is holding his legs run 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 as fast as you can you can't catch me i'm the gingerbread man and throws his old legs at him it's just like kind of fucking guantanamo fucking george bush era tactics is that you fucking asshole with that welcome to this week's episode of the couch potato not the gumdrop buttons <laughs> i'm alex Morrison. and again we are recording at like one o'clock 12 30 at night and we for some reason have more energy than we do during the day because i'm drinking coffee now yeah and i and i had an energy drink at like nine o'clock so yeah, yeah i've been up since three this morning Ooh, yay not three this afternoon this morning this morning before the sun came up because <laughs> i'm a dumbass i know why were you up that early because I can't fuck up my sleep schedule too much. If not, I'll just go insane when I go to work <laughs> at night. It's true. <laughs> no, I'm I, I'm I'm still fine with this job. It's just it, it sucks ass getting <laughs> off at fucking eleven o'clock every Friday and Saturday sucks night. Ass. Sucks ass, dude. Why can't I just be? Why can't I just be paid to exist? Mm, universal income. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Socialist scum. <laughs> 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 no, the working man blues. No, nah, the is. working man blues. That's all it is. <laughs> you just me. turned into that Oliver country singer guy. This <laughs> out of nowhere bitching about Arizona tea can prices. Let just, me tell you yeah. about the Arizona. <laughs> Back in my day, it was 99 cents. If I find the son of a bitch who raised it, I'm getting him in the squared circle. I'm giving a 10 count. <laughs> the thing that I don't understand, well, the, not, the, not that I don't understand, I understand how it happened. I can just, see someone getting killed over fucking Arizona T2. God damn it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, I could see it 100% happening. A dollar twenty-five. Ah! <laughs> just stomp someone's shink. ass. <laughs> shink, shink, shink. <laughs> When we saw that guy get busted in the mouth with a twisted tea, calling someone an N-word, that's, yeah. like, that's going to be a distant memory compared to the Arizona tea riots. <laughs> Dude, I saw this one guy <laughs> lose his fucking shit because there's this new trend right now. I've seen like two or three different guys doing it where they're like gas station clerks, but they like set up their phone and pull like small pranks on their customers when they're coming through. That is a super bad idea. It's the worst idea. And this dude about fucking found out. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> because he had the glass up. It, it had to have been like New York or something because yeah, yeah. he still had the glass with a little uh, speaker. Yeah, in the like middle a little bodega. Of, so, yeah. yeah. Apparently, dude asked for a lighter and he slipped him a pink bick. He took one oh, look at that, and, that video, he, yeah. and he's just like, bro, you got to be fucked. Shit. And just starts slamming his fist and just throwing everything off the fucking counter, yeah. dude. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this dude's problem? All yeah. over a pink lighter. You gave me the gayest fucking big, bro. I know. And then uh, there's this other guy uh, that also runs a gas station. He makes more consistent ones, and he'll actually show his face. But uh, I, I don't know. I Working enough retail, I know that there are certain customers you can have fun with. No. There, there's customers that like you know, I, I'll hit them with like the you know I'll see them like every every single week and they'll walk in. Hey, can I have a yada yada? I'm just no. Just stare around for a second. I'm, just, I'm fucking with you. You, know, you get it for them, you know, chit chat. It's like, but you know those customers. You've built a rapport with them. You can you know do that sort of thing. This guy. I can tell these are not his regular customers. These are just random motherfuckers coming in that he's not yeah. seen. And he's doing shit like ah, there was one specifically that I remember seeing and I'm just like that guy is going to get his ass whooped. A dude walks up wearing like one of those Walmart print shirts that say like I love rock and roll mm-hmm. on it. And the dude goes, "Whoa, I love cock." And the guy looks down and he's like, "What?" He's like, you're sure? I love cock. He's like, no, I love rock. He's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. Just, just the way you know, you had, you had your hand on there. He looked down there. He just looked at his shirt again. He goes, how'd you get a C? Uh huh. Yeah. He kept pushing it, like pressing him on. He's like, why did you think it said that? And you can see on his face where he's just like, motherfucker. I will say that's a solid prank. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> but I'm also, yes, it is good. But at the same time, I'm sitting here going, dude's gonna get decked one yeah. day doing that to the wrong yeah. person yeah. <laughs> all i have to say i have dyslexia i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> well talking about getting outrageously angry over having your masculinity threatened uh let's try some more uh monster hard seltzers why don't we um the ones we had before it fixes low t <laughs> <laughs> yeah the ones we had before uh were kind of like the big boy cans so we mm-hmm. were splitting that one but uh two things for this episode one i am in the process of getting ready to move um and i've already gotten the kitchen for the most part packed up so i am all out of glasses and secondly after our lovely listener sent us the first flavor of monster it just so happened to be the following day i was at harris teeter and um if you like bust open one of those crates or whatever i think i talked about in the last episode yeah Yeah. uh so i've got the others but they're smaller yeah so instead, we're going to do a twofer. We're going to just pick one and enjoy it for the rest of the episode. And it's also from a um, selfish part on my end because, damn it, I want a fucking drink tonight. It's been a shitty week. <laughs> so we do have three flavors left. We've got the original flavor. We've got a berry flavor. And we've got a peach flavor. Uh, Chris, dealer's choice. Which one would you like to go with? Yeah, I'll take the green one. You'll take the OG green? I don't think it's OG green, but it is green. Okay. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to go berry. I think I'll do the berry one. I hear you, other berry. Yeah. All right. So, obligatory crack of the can. All right. I can't wait till technology gets that far in. Cheers, good sir. Gin, gin. Dink. And I'm not ripping off GMM. I just said gin gin. 
uh, almost said dink it and sink it, which is a GMM thing. This just tastes like a monster. Yeah, so I, I'm good on that taste. Now, would you like to try the berry one? <laughs> I think he just like took half of that to the dome. <laughs> yep. You can taste that one if you want to. Yeah, let's Got a little uh, zip to it. Let's see what's happening here. Don't worry, I got that herpes under control. Oh, good God, no. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, Mean Green's not for you, bro. Oh, fuck. That's that, horrible. That one's a little different, but like... Nah, mean Green can go kiss my fucking ass. Okay, retraction. <laughs> that is the worst one. <laughs> I thought the white was bad. Oh, the, I'll grape, take, the, the weird grapefruit lemon one. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take that all day long over that fucking green one. <laughs> Sir, if you'd like to have the peach one, you may, because that's, that's utterly oh. disgusting. <laughs> I'll hold off for that one for another day. Berry, though, that's not too bad. Yeah, it tastes, uh, it just tastes like a berry seltzer. Yeah. Like a raspberry seltzer. Yeah, kind of Im- ambiguous berry flavor. Maybe a little bit of strawberry, a little bit of cherry. Yeah. Some sort of ras. It's something. just some other thing to put alcohol in because people aren't buying beer and soda's got so much sugar in it, so no one gives a fuck. Diet Coke, baby. Still going somehow. <laughs> I did like uh, I did like that little thing I saw about uh, Coke Zero and the conspiracy of how to make it normalized. It was fantastic. Uh, well, if you want, pause for two seconds on it, and that'll be the first topic in our news segment. <laughs> All right, fucking Coke Zero was going to kill us. There's something. What, so, what's happening with the Coke Zero? So it was not. It's first, it starts with Diet Coke. Uh, the World Health Organization is investigating aspartame mm-hmm. on a larger scale because it's been out for a very long time, and they're, like they're trying to see what the long-term effects of aspartame really are. Um, and actually, on that exact note, I find that so. Oh, I was going to say interesting. Well, it's not interesting, but I would say more fascinating than anything mm-hmm. because. Um, my folks and my family have always been kind of on the up and up when it comes to like health food and shit mm-hmm. like that. Um, my grandmother was an RN and my mother was a holistic health coach. Mm. They were worried about aspartame back in the early 2000s. Yeah, because uh, there was talk about what is considered a normal amount that isn't toxic because too much of a, of a thing, even good or bad, is still bad. Um, but what they're looking at is health aspects in quantity for aspartame um and they've kind of narrowed it down in this last investigation Mm -hmm. uh as a because if it's if it hits a certain level it's going to be listed as a carcinogen uh cigarettes have carcinogens in them uh anything you put in your body that is labeled uh that has like a health warning on it yeah is a carcinogen alcohol is technically a version of a carcinogen even though it's a drug um caffeine Caffeine, yeah, the same thing, but it's not really carcinogen as it is a upper. Okay, but the, got the it. carcinogen is like cancer causing or illness causing mm. or uh, uh, some type of uh, systemic effect of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've determined that the amount of aspartame someone has to ingest is like two cases worth of diet coke a day. Um, I'm halfway there. Yeah, so like a Donald Trump amount of diet coke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is dangerous to the body but you're also in hindsight the amount of phosphorus that's in like even a diet coke is the same that's in a coke so you probably shouldn't drink that much phosphorus because your kidneys will destroy themselves uh but like they're 
the investigation when they talked about they were they were they posted that they're going to debut their results soon yeah and it got everybody up in a fucking frenzy because of the diet industry guys are just like oh fuck if they make this a carcinogen we're fucked and diet coke is like the number one selling diet drink of all time and so they announced that a few years ago and they finally came out with their results that they had done more sufficient testing uh so for the last two or three years coca-cola hasn't advertised coca-cola they've advertised coke zero the black label see Mm. back when coke zero first came out it was black with red lettering but now it's red with black lettering because it looks like a regular coke bottle yeah and the conspiracy is they're trying to uh, lull us into just drinking regular Coke Zero instead of Coke. Sorry, as a uh, cryptic conspiracy yeah. intro. <laughs> and like, it is just uh, it's a microcosm of like all the other ones. Like, uh, I like Coke Zero if it's got whiskey in it. <laughs> but other than that, it's okay. Like, if I know I don't want a bunch of sugar, I'll just drink a Coke Zero. Well, do you like a Coke Zero better than a Diet Coke? No. No, I'll drink a Diet Coke if I have to, just because... And guess what? They both have zero calories, so there's not much difference between the two. Other one's got an additive. One just doesn't have nothing. Yeah, well, so I... Back years ago, I was doing just my, why is there Coke Zero and why is there Diet Coke? Because I always thought for a while, Coke Zero meant zero everything, mm-hmm. including zero caffeine. Yeah. That's what I thought Coke Zero meant. When I found out Coke Zero had caffeine, I'm like, what the fuck is this compared to Diet Coke? It's the same shit. It's actually kind of genius, but a little dumb at the same time. What it is, is Diet Coke is its own flavor formula. It's Mm. its own thing. It's not original recipe Coke, take out the corn syrup, put in the aspartame. It's its own flavor. Coke Zero is Coca-Cola, take out the high fructose corn syrup, put in the aspartame. So that's why that actually has a more sweeter taste to it compared to a diet Coke that some people say kind of has like that kind of crispy spark kind of taste to it. Yeah. So like it is a weird little push. Yeah. I will say this Mountain Dew zero sugar tastes like fucking Mountain Dew. (laughs) Really? Yeah. To me, it tastes like Mountain Dew because Mountain Dew when I was a kid was the best damn drink you could buy. And then they changed it somehow. And now Mm -hmm. it tastes like garbage. I always thought Mountain Dew tasted bad, though. Nah, when I was a kid, Mountain Dew was a like very tasty soda. And then, for some reason, one year around 1999, 2000, it just started tasting funny. And I started drinking Sun Drop and Mellow Yellow instead. And Mellow Yellow, unpopular opinion, is a superior limelight soda. I was going to say that. I liked that. And honestly, man, rest in peace to Sierra Mist. <laughs> I dug Sierra Mist. I don't give a shit about Squirt. Well, not squirt. It's something else. It's uh, sparkle or spark. Starry. Star. Yeah, starry. I don't give a fuck about no goddamn starry. Give me Sierra Mist. I want my Sierra Mist and Taco I did, Bell. I never liked uh, Sierra Mist. Never could stand it. It's, it's like a lame ass Seven Up. <laughs> and Seven Up's lame. It's bad. Seven Up is bad. That's what Seven Up is lame and Seven Up is bad. Fuck you. I don't fucking like it. Get it out of my fucking face. You find a six pack of that at fucking Goodwill. <laughs> For free. 
But no, uh, it's hard to say. I, I haven't drank much soda much anymore. Yeah. But I have like one of the unique ones I do. And it's usually just a diet or a sugar free one, uh, except for Sundrop. I'm getting full flavored fucking Sundrop. <laughs> Fuck you. I, mean, I want my that's, sugar. That's made by the Lord. <laughs> Ask the Lord's elixir. Sundrop is probably one of the best fucking drinks ever created. <laughs> Thank you, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, so like when it comes to that kind of stuff, it, it is a funny conspiracy. You probably will mm-hmm. deep dive for an episode one day or just about how the food industry is trying to murder you or pharmaceutical industries or whatever. Oh, no, trust me. I, I, I feel we could do a complete total triple C episode on the fact that the food and drug is under the same administration. Yeah, because you put it in your body. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how alcohol, tobacco, and firearms are in the same industry. Yeah, and explosives. Mm-hmm. I'm still pissed they're not called fate. It's in an ATF with explosives. <laughs> Just a fucking lame. This is government bureaucracy lameness. This is why we should get rid of eighty year olds. You know, you telling me a cock solid thirty five year old senator's like this is called fate now. <laughs> Yeah, motherfucker, I'm voting twice for you. But, but aren't we one of the few nations that lumps food and drug under the same administration? Like, usually they are separated. It depends. Like, in Germany and uh, Britain, uh, the drug administration is only regulatory to the compounds within the drug. So they have to change the compounds. When it comes to their food, however, they just lessen. They don't change out. So, like, if you buy a Pepsi or a Coke in Europe, it's going to have real sugar and it'll be less sugar mm-hmm. altogether. and yeah. like i've heard people talk about hey i got a mountain dew in germany it was fantastic because it had half the fucking sugar in so it my and folks i'm not are freaking, doing it right yeah so like <laughs> so like over there people are just like yeah i'm not having a fucking panic attack because i drank a fucking regular bottle of coke yeah because you're not you didn't ingest 46 grams of sugar <laughs> like it's like it's it's like half that it's like 23 22 even 20 grams of sugar and they have caps too that's another thing they have caps on what how much bullshit you can put in stuff tic tacs have a calorie now over there because they can't have calories over here because it's half a gram of sugar per tic tac yeah. and that's unmeasurable under the fda but if you eat a whole fucking thing of tic tacs you just consume 64 grams of sugar <laughs> Congratulations, dumbass! <laughs> you didn't, you didn't minty fresh your ass. You fucking just ate sugar. <laughs> fucking psycho! Uh, we we could have an entire food conspiracy episode on Triple C. And it all starts with that cocksucker grimace. Let me tell you something. <laughs> well, uh, on a slight pivot uh, to still talk uh, to still use uh, food as a basis, mm-hmm. uh, Apple over the last week has finally released their new iPhones, the iPhone 15 line. So you have the 15, the 15 plus the 15 pro and the pro max, um, all fantastic looking phones, uh, for the nerds out there that are interested. Yes. I think they look fan fucking tastic. I'm definitely cannot wait to get my hands on one, but not yet. And it's the same reason why I do wait a couple months before I ever upgrade my phone. I am not a door buster. I'm not doing the Uber pre-sales to get it day one. I'm not that hardcore in any scene that I have to have something day one. Unless it's a movie where someone's going to fucking spoil it for me. But that's not a product. For the first time... And I'm getting fucking flashbacks to the iPhone 12 days. For the first time since the iPhone 12, it has a structural integrity issue. Mm -hmm. If I were to grab my phone that's in my hand right now, and I could even hand it to you, Chris, I'd be like, Chris, try to bend my phone. You 
probably wouldn't be able to get much headway. You'd make some creaking noises, but you really probably couldn't get too far because of the skeleton that's on the inside of the phone. A solid build. Exactly. Um, you know, folks can be fans or not fans of Apple all day long, but the construction of the device, whether it be easy to repair or not, the construction is solid. Built for tough. <laughs> Damn right. <clears throat> Except for the new one, I... Uh, there is a YouTube channel called Jerry Rig Everything, and I love him to death, even though he hates Apple. But that's actually part of the reason why I like him is he makes a lot of really good jokes at Apple's expense. And I'm an equal opportunist and I giggle every fucking time. But the one thing he's always handed them, he goes, I'm never going to use their phones. I don't want to be part of their ecosystem. But I have to say these are the most well-constructed phones I've put my hand on. I'm never using it, though. He's in the middle of showing off the new sides and how cool it looks and everything, and he puts it through the bin test, and right as he was about to release tension, you hear, and you see, like, his hands, like, visibly jump, like he was genuinely not expecting it. Like, oh, shit, is this a new Samsung flip? Yeah! <laughs> Turned it over, so the actual chassis itself did not bend, mm. but the amount of pressure he was applying with his thumb snap the back glass that's pretty impressive yeah so for the first time their phones are in risk of being fucking broken just because it gets a little bent so some guy some guy's got his in his back pocket and decides to sit down he's fucked that's what I'm looking at. I put my phone in my back pocket a lot because it when I, by time it's so fucking big. By the time I sit down, it's like cutting into my fucking hip and shit. It's like yeah. I don't. It's not comfortable in my front pocket. So I'm kind of sitting at this looking, going, "Fuck, <laughs> what am I to do?" Yeah. <laughs> I got the I got the Samsung Galaxy 23. Yeah. So comparative size difference, real quick. What's the size difference on this? Uh, yours is a decent bit taller. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd say about maybe three quarters of an inch taller. Yeah, I don't have any. Yeah. No, and my current one, fucking brick, solid, yeah. absolutely. The only thing solid. I don't like about this one is they do that same feature that a lot of phones did was that is that side swipe shit. I don't like it. Yeah, and it's just like I don't. That's not how I use my phone, but it's because I'm an old man. But. Uh, <laughs> And also, I, I, I can hear the comments now. I can hear the voices. Well, Alex, you can avoid all that if you just put it in a case. If I was buying a phone that I was putting it in a case, I wouldn't be getting a fucking iPhone. I wouldn't be getting something that is machined and looks really fucking nice. I wouldn't be getting something with such a small profile just to add additional size to it. Like, you know, even just the smallest of like the rubberized bumper cases. I don't know. I may, Maybe I'm weird. It's the difference between like when you're going to reach and pick up a piece of paper and we as humans can feel the difference between one piece of paper and two pieces of paper. Something so thin, yet when we pick it up, we can make that small assessment just by the squeeze and the weight. It's a texture thing. There's two. So even just that is noticeable. It feels like when I put a case on this thing, all of a sudden it gets like six inches wider. 
it's so it's like it, it completely defeats the purpose of having such a slim profile sounds like you have a texture issue which is a form of autism thanks for telling everyone on the fucking podcast that i'm autistic it's okay it's okay if you got a touch of the tism i've made up a story about a guy at work that's got that shit I'm, pretty, I'm, pretty much I'm, the, I'm the basis of that story i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm ruining his life <laughs> I mean, no, I definitely don't have a weird texture thing. It's just... No, I, I can understand, know. like, if you're buying a product and you want it. The only problem is I worry about, like, no one's ever going to make a phone as strong as the goddamn Nokia 7300. So, and the only reason they had a case for it is so that the ground wouldn't break. Yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> so, like it's just... You're not going to build something that tough ever. No. Not with all the stuff you want it to do, especially with like the cameras that everybody's on. Because mm-hmm. like they've destroyed the digital camera industry, except for Nikon. Like Nikon. oh yeah, if not if they build another camera as good as a Nikon twenty three or like thirty two hundred or whatever, yeah, that might that might be the nail in the coffin, guys. I'm sorry, but you know the cameras on the iPhones are always fantastic. Samsung is really up their game with theirs. And just Netflix like, actually approved iPhones as one of their cinematic cameras now. Fuck it, one. <laughs> Fuck it. It's just like you got to cross that picket line somehow. God damn. Let's <laughs> get a bunch of uncontracted scabs with some iPhones and make some content. Well, speaking of grabbing some iPhones and making content, uh, one of the things you brought up was the uh, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis um, apology video. God damn it. You know, like, seriously, it's like Danny Masterson raped a woman and got, got sentenced to 30 fucking years. Maybe just shut the fuck up. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. Shut the fuck up. And like, Ashton Kutcher is someone I really respect because he is part of a program that he made to help law enforcement agencies find child traffickers. He testified before Congress. Kelso testified before Congress in a coherent speech of why it matters to him and how he's put his ass on the line to do this. And I'm not saying this apology video or like what he's the letter him and his wife wrote to about the, the plea for Danny Masterson's, you know, sentencing or whatever. I understand that's your friend. I get it. You worked with this man. You worked with this family. He's done it twice because he had another show that he, Danny Masterson, appeared on. The Ranch. Yeah, I get that. I understand that. But sometimes your friends are fucking animals, and you maybe need to, you know, take a step back and be like, damn, Jackie, maybe we shouldn't write a letter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd completely and agree. Like, and like, this has kind of ruined his name a little bit when it came to that, but it's always the same apology video. I don't like watching these things, but they keep popping up, so I decided to watch the other one with Drew Barrymore. It's just like, stop picking the poor side of your house. Did a ukulele show up? Yeah, no, but she was a, <laughs> she's a fucking scab. You know, if you don't trust unions, that's fine. I don't give a shit, but don't be a fucking scab. And she decided to be like, well, you know, I'm just going to keep going with my show and all this. I'm just like, you dumbass. You fucking dumbass. You're part of this fucking Screen Actors Guild. We're trying you are we're trying to help you and the people that work for you. you we're trying to get idiot. you more fucking money. What the fuck? And like it, it it just it's across the board. It really is. And it's always the same shit. Let me just uh, take off my makeup and put and put myself beside some wood paneling. <laughs> yeah, there was a find the cheapest fucking furniture I have and just get my assistant to set it up for me real quick with like, like my iPhone. Yeah, there there was a meme going around where it was like uh, every celebrity needs a uh, a poor room. Put in yeah. quotation marks for them to film their apology videos, and then the comment underneath it said, "Shit, if you ain't got one, you, you can rent out my, my place for five hundred bucks, buddy." Yeah, you come to my house and do all the apology videos. 
do as you want. <laughs> you can pick any room. It'll look poor. <laughs> the only time it, like an apology, apology video it counts to me is just like some person coming on. My bad. I'm not really like, I know what I did. I'm not really sorry. They're telling me to make say sorry, but like, it is what it is. And there, that's it. That's all you need to say. Yeah. It is what it is. And see, <laughs> honestly, this, I, I, I regret what I said. No, oh, you d- fucking okay. don't. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that was going to be my point. I w- so, on a serious note, I actually would love to see an apology video where they turn on the camera, they look square in the thing, just go, I fucked up. That happens. What do you want me? Yeah, I'm, I'm deeply sorry to anyone I did hurt, and I fucked up. I don't feel like I need to say anything else. I'm aware of my actions and I apologize. I'm aware I fucked up and that's why I'm letting everyone know that I am sorry and I fucked up. And quote unquote record that section for when we do future podcasts with me. <laughs> I fucked up. I had him on the show. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. I was just I just wanted anyone. I just wanted anyone to talk to. I did not expect the gun being waved around at the time. And like when the chimp showed up, I did not see that cupping. And he went full Mr. Mugs. Like he said he wasn't a fan of Phil Spector, but it, uh, like, he kept talking about how he was justified. <laughs> Stand your ground. <laughs> it's just like he kept saying that shit. I don't get it. I don't understand. It, you know what would have made it better? Just why it was the couch potatoes with Chris Morrison. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> what, you know what would have made it better if just Ashley Kutcher got on there? Let he who has not wrote a sympathy letter for a rapist cast the first stone. <laughs> and just like you done that had been fucking perfect. Oh god! Or like if he was like went like full like Bill Burr about it. All oh, you fucking women jerking it to fucking Ted Bundy documentaries. Like you're mad because I said my buddy needs to not get thirty goddamn years for a rape. But the something good nowhere does agree that he needs thirty plus years. Yeah, straight, straight to the fucking jail, man. Fuck him. Always remember this is comedy, and you know that kind of affected Scientology real bad because they hit a lot of it. And I'm pretty sure David Miscavige, the leader, is still on the run. Yeah. And his wife is still dead. Well, isn't that part of the whole thing, too, is, like, uh, it's heavily rumored that, like, it could have been the only reason that Ashton was, like, trying to defend him as he was a secret Scientologist? Fucking probably. It's a cult, so I don't give a shit. Yeah. Seems like the only reason someone would want to publicly stand up and defend. But I don't don't want it to, like undercut the good stuff that he's did either so no it's it, it it's a fine it's line a issue now it's, it's that fine line between separating you know the art from the artist yeah you know and, and i'm kind of i'm you know but in, you know who in came out on trans- top you know who came out on top Topher fucking grace <laughs> i know <laughs> i hope they bring him back as venom i really fucking do just because of this fuck it <laughs> fucking sony do it you pieces of shit <laughs> Come back, and I want him to get yoked. Like I want Topher Grace to get like fucking Toby Maguire fucking ripped, and just beat the shit out of Tom Hardy. I just want to see that happen, and just be like, I'm Topher fucking Grace, motherfucker. Well, talking about the whole separating the art from artist thing, I really, I, I had that moment recently because. Um, something i don't think i've really mentioned on the show yet so now i can now that i've at least gotten a decent amount of it out to the folks that need it and if Mm. it ever gets shut down at this point i'm okay i've been going through and remastering and cleaning up a whole bunch of old uh danzig and michael graves era misfits audio and video and in the middle of me doing all that 
I'm sitting here remastered some of um, demo tapes from 1999 for the famous Monster Session, which does include Michael Graves, and it slowly hit me. I was like, fuck, this dude got canceled. And even more recently, because he stood on trial during the Proud Boys uh, uh, thing that when they yeah. did the whole, you know, run on fucking DC. And while thinking about it and kind of mulling over it and being like, God, why did he why did he have to fucking do this? You know, just kind of almost being annoyed at the whole thing. It slowly started to dawn on me. Yes. Michael deserved to have his wrist slapped and fingers pointed at and be told he's a fucking idiot for, you know, being such a loud, proud boy supporter. Mm-hmm. But lest we forget that Glenn Danzig and Jerry only are proud Jersey boys. Okay, why not? You're mean to tell me that you think Michael Graves is the only one in the Misfits camp that feels this way? Yeah, but all people- of a sudden, Michael's under the fucking microscope because it was specifically yeah. Proud Boys. I think I think people kind of forget what era these people come from. Mm-hmm. Don't ask Alice Cooper about anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, as, as much as I am not sitting here defending Michael Graves at all, I am sitting here going, take a little bit of a step back and calm down before you ruin the entire legacy Bill, getting too mad Bill Burr had a whole bit about this and one of his special things was like Paper Tiger when he's talking about the Duck Dynasty guys and he's like the oldest one that had said some shit of course he said some shit oh I remember when that came out he's older than the dirt he's buried in like it, it's he's going to say some wild shit because that's all he fucking knows I'm not saying it's an excuse but but you, it is an understanding. It's just like all he knows is that his generation wiped out the Native Americans. <laughs> like, so, like, maybe he doesn't like fucking Native Americans. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Doesn't and, make it right. But no. at the same time, you kind of have to look at it maybe from a certain lens. Yeah. You like, can still vilify it. But at the same time, vilify it through the correct lens. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, everybody, everybody back then... You know, me and Dante had talked about it on one podcast together, and it's uh, uh, like David Spade. David Spade's jokes were, "Oh, that's gay." It is like that's that that's what that whole humor was when I was like a child. You know, oh man, that's pretty fucking gay, bro. And it's just like it's not a derogatory phrase toward gays. It's just that seems pussy. You know, it's, yeah. it's pretty lame. Mm-hmm. But now that's kind of taboo now. So like, you have to use something else. It's like back in the day, moron meant someone who was retarded, and you can't use retarded now. You got to say intellectually challenged well eventually that's going to be a fucking slur too so uh (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so so i've gone through and and basically what i've settled with at this point because um it actually wound up being a topic inside of the facebook group which side note i never plugged that if you guys are listening to this and you are misfits fans and you want to see some really cool video upscaling of some classic uh concerts if you want to hear some garage type uh remastering on like some old demos like re-eqing it to bring out some bass and you know kind of polish it up some speed corrected if it's playing a little faster a little slow if you guys are interested in hearing any of that look up on facebook the fiend media club and i'll throw a link in the episode description 
I'm not doing a lot of promotion on it because um, let's just say uh, certain uh, teams and certain camps, because there are many camps in the Misfits uh, realm, uh, there's a few camps that are quite litigious. <laughs> so a lot of it can't show up on YouTube and a lot of it I don't want to publicly say what they are. Yeah. But if you want to join the secret group, look up the Fiend Media Club and download that stuff and share it around uh, because... You know, the KISS community's getting a whole bunch of cleaned up bootlegs. Uh, it's time for the punk community to get some, too. And doing all this shit for free, doing it for the love of it. So you guys better fucking enjoy it. Everything I do is for fucking free, whether it be the band or podcast or anything else. <laughs> Don't worry, Betty Crocker. She's, 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 she's right around the corner, man. Right around the corner. Man, that strawberry bunt cake going to make itself. But uh, one last little piece of news that I also thought was pretty interesting. Talking about major companies shooting themselves in the fucking foot uh unity yeah uh unity has now decided that okay now for folks that do not know uh unity is not a game publisher unity is not like uh a microsoft or even an activision or mm -hmm. anything like that unity is an engine uh it's what people use to create their video games so we release this podcast through Apple Music and Spotify, but is recorded using a Zoom and edited using a Mac. Let's use that as our baseline comparison. Unity is now saying that if you cross over a certain threshold of revenue, they can backcharge you or not backcharge as in like for years, but like once you reach a certain threshold, they will charge you a fee per download. Yeah, retroactive fee. And that percentage can fluctuate mm. depending on how much you've sold. Yeah. That is fucking ridiculous. It's basically saying, hey, you used my service to get really popular. You owe us more money. What? That's like if Joe Rogan got fucking popular and Zoom was like, uh, hey, uh, you owe us some money because you use our products to record and release your podcast. And we saw you sign that $2 million deal with uh, Spotify. Uh, I think we need a 3% cut of that. Fuck you. You just supplied the tools. Is fucking Home Depot coming up your ass being like, hey, uh, you know, we, we, we did supply you with the wood and the tools needed to help build this house. Um, you want to invite us in for lunch? <laughs> it's like, that's not the way this works. Until I know all of a sudden you hear the Home Depot theme music and they're just here banging noise and they've built a fucking guillotine in your front yard. <laughs> you fucking dumbass. No, it's just... It, this is the problem with you know the legislator in this country. It's because they're so fucking old, mm. they can't keep up with the modernization of technology. Now, is, what is a proxy? A proxy is... <laughs> well, you see, old man, uh, you had this guy pick your tobacco. Well, he hired someone to do it for him. That's called a proxy. <laughs> You dumbass. Well, I was talking about it like in the internet world. Yeah, but like I'm trying to explain it to an 80 year old. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's uh, so, like, <laughs> but for for them, they're not going to be on the go when it comes to you know what is morally right, mm -hmm. ethically discerning in technology because it's a fugazi to them. It's not real. So it's it's really bad because because of shit like this. 
we almost had a net neutrality resolution to where Spectrum could charge you for using Netflix. Yep. So I like, remember that. We, that almost happened because there weren't enough younger people in Congress to be like, this is fucking stupid. This is a money grab. Please shut this shit down because that's what the FCC is for. You know, they've done a lot of stupid shit, but that. It's the also freaking it, FCC. Yeah, but it's also you know a consumer protection agency. So like this this needs to be something they need to step in mm-hmm. right now before it becomes a goddamn problem. Because the latest news lately is Microsoft is buying up a lot of fucking property in the video game world. Activision Blizzard, like literally as we were getting ready to set up the recording on here, it was posted like an hour prior that uh, the UK approved mm-hmm. the buyout. Yeah, and here's the problem with that. As much as we talk about Disney and Sony and Warner Brothers, as soon as Microsoft acquires one more big one, let's say Bungie, whatever's left of Bungie, or you know they got Pandemic, they got Bethesda, now they have Blizzard. If they decide, if Bill Gates decides, hey, Microsoft with Blizzard is now in the movie making business, you know how much content they get from the blizzard industry you know how fucking ass backwards it's going to be in the theaters when people are like i want to see an overwatch movie because all their trailers were movies and people were like well now i got to watch it and it's just like marvel's about marvel and dc gonna be shit to the overwatch community because it's brand spanking new and there isn't 20 to 60 years of fucking content they got to know to watch it yep it's just hey it's like mortal Kombat for children (laughs) So, (laughs) so like that's what that's going to be. And yeah. that, that, this is really going to fuck with some media companies to be what it means to make content as opposed to making like a movie and a series. You know, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft and Apple somehow jerry-rigged it to where they could buy more like dev developing and then just start making their own production company under a third name. Well, see, I I have said for years, and everyone kind of looks at me like I'm crazy for saying it. I had to have said it on this show before. Because you're a spherist and think the globe is circular. Damn right I do. <laughs> I don't believe what that mass media tell me. Mm-hmm. I still feel that at some point in time, I don't know if it's going to be an acquisition I don't know if it's going to be a partial buyout or just a collaboration. I still feel like Apple and Nintendo are going to pair up in some way. I can see a collaboration. And the reason I feel that way is if you look at Nintendo and you look at Apple, they share a lot of similarities when it comes to running their companies. Mm -hmm. Proprietary software, exclusives. You absolutely cannot do Mario on any other system. You absolutely cannot use iOS on any other system. It, fe- it Nintendo is hardcore on sticking with the fucking game cartridges and not discs. Apple is hardcore on sticking with those fucking lightning cables until the EU recently made them have to change. If they had not been forced to change the next iPhones would have lightning cable and not USB-C. I feel like they share so many thoughts and beliefs Mm -hmm. that the concept of you can now play Nintendo games on your Apple TV doesn't seem too far off. I think, I think we'll probably see that after like 
the Switch 2 or whatever console they're going to mount next. Depending on what's going on with that, that'll be a deciding factor on something like that. And I feel that way again, especially because uh, by the time this episode drops, it will officially be my birthday on the 26th. Uh, and as an early birthday present, uh, my stepfather, Eric, sent me a new Apple TV. And I've never had an interest in having an Apple TV, so I've never looked into it much. So I listened to a few YouTube videos on it, and I quickly realized it's basically a fucking Mac connected to my TV. Yeah. And one of the reasons why people are really hyping up this new version is the processing power is right up there next to, ne- next to like an Xbox One or a PS5 in mm. processing power to stream Netflix. Yeah. And now they've debuted Apple Arcade and you can pair any Bluetooth controller to the Apple TV and play these arcade games. All of a sudden, there's a fucking exclusive Mario Kart. Yeah. You know, there's an exclusive type game for Apple that's from Nintendo. I just, I feel like the walled gardens are too similar for them to not be interested. No, I can see that happening because uh, the collaboration between them and anyone else would be really hard because... Because if they give it to Apple, then they still can't give it to Microsoft or Google or anything else because Apple doesn't want to play with them either. A so bigger, they don't have to worry about it getting spread out. The kind of expansion on this is so it was Apple, Nintendo, and Sony. Sony Productions, not Sony Gaming. But like if Sony Pictures decided to make an artificial deal with Apple for their content instead of... Because Sony is, is in two different kind of camps they have their products the playstation and whatnot but they also have separate media company as opposed to you know disney and then disney the the theme park you yeah. know how like they, they can operate separately yeah. sony has that with movies but also with technology so mm-hmm. and they've never made any type of deal with themselves when it comes to if you buy a playstation you can watch every sony movie ever made mm-hmm. they've never done that so i could see a production company been like hey what if we wanted to make some extra money and tie with nintendo and apple merger to put sony films exclusively on apple products yeah and that's a big collection you know the sony mm-hmm. film productions so i don't know i'm waiting for warner brothers to be bought by disney <laughs> and just like put the nail in the coffin and those two fucking idiots if they were to do that would it make you smile yeah because now now we know who was on the battlefield google and disney now <laughs> Basically. I know, now i know which side i'm drawing a line in the sand for <laughs> google or disney yeah that's that's what it's going to come down to like and amazon's just going to be there here's your uh, house here's your amazon house with your amazon groceries and your amazon job where's your smock where's your goddamn smock you pussy 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 <laughs> and then tim cook comes around the corner this is a great opportunity Kill for him innovation. First. Feed, feed him to the mover. And, and it's just a fucking Amazon moving bot and it just boxes him. <laughs> feed him. I would love a churn of the corn set in an Apple, Apple or Amazon fulfillment center. Outlander. It just holds up a fucking like dildo. Just like, we have your woman. <laughs> he's, he's stuck in an Amazon box. You know, if Apple were to do this box, it would be a lot less cost effective. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. It just takes the box. A can of bear mace just explodes, which, fun fact, that happens a lot actually at Amazon fulfillment centers. Bear mace explosions are up. <laughs> like... <laughs> That is not like South Park made fun of it. All right, mad money. Yeah, but South Park made fun of it. And then I looked into it. It's just like they keep getting bigger. 
because they don't put them in safe packaging and they explode. God. Can you imagine you're just you're just you're on the fucking forklift and you're just trying to put a goddamn uh, a fucking Sony Walkman retro in a fucking package and you're just like and all of a sudden you hear womp 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 what the fuck it just bear mace is like with twenty five feet radius of you and you're just like I can't fucking see. <laughs> Uh, and they're docking your pay because you got to go to the bathroom and wash that shit out. On the uh, new season of Beavis and Budhead, um, one of the episodes was an old Beavis, old Budhead, and um, they ran out of beer money. And uh, the Plasma Center won't allow them to do any more donations, so they have to figure out how to get a job because their unemployment ran out. And they got a job at an Amazon fulfillment center, and the ladies walking them through they're like it's super easy uh these robots here we're gonna are gonna wheel up your items you oh and here comes one right now and it's like this automated like mm. it kind of looks like um those uh serving trays yeah. uh racks where it's like a bunch of them it's about four of those and it wheels up with these random items and like okay so look for the item on the screen grab it from the shelf put it in the box and push it down the way whoa so this thing just like brings you whatever you want she's like yep just put them in the boxes send it on down and it turns into they just wind up telling all the cheese whiz to come over there so all the robots are like conglomerating they're just eating up cheese whiz. eventually whole fucking fire breaks out the news is there and they're just walking out and they're like working kicks ass (laughs) there's fire free cheese we'll come back tomorrow (laughs) yeah yeah I'm just waiting for the whole thing. I need that job. (laughs) I'm just waiting for the whole conglomerate just to come together and just kind of make it simple for everybody. Yeah, that'll make it simple for everyone, Chris. For those who are strong enough. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and move on over to our main topics. I hinted at it earlier. asked, would that make you smile if they were to do that? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's not even October, and we're heading neck deep into the horror shit with one of the coolest movies I've seen this year, Smile. It, it, it works like a voodoo movie. It does. Because you have to believe in it to fu- to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, this did not go the way I thought it was going to go. No. It, it really takes a turn very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, did, I didn't see the ending happening the way it did, but I'm glad it happened that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm usually disappointed when it comes out like that because it can be very uh, melancholy, kind of sad. Yeah. But this one was just a good, like a good visceral ending. One of the things I liked about I what I thought early on was going to happen mm-hmm. was that there was like the whole time there were going to be so many projections of like oh it's evil spirits it's all this stuff it's going to have the audience hooked I was expecting some fucking M Night Shyamalan thing where yeah. like the last five minutes almost the Joker almost where like the last five minutes you were going to be reshown all the same scenes from a different perspective Mm. and the girl's just fucking psychotic yeah she's seeing all this shit she's believing that there is some evil spirit 
but in reality, she's just fucking nuts. It felt like they were telegraphing that with her working at a psych ward, um, with that one guy that kept like turning around to her and like saying shit, and then she had the uh, fantasy of like stabbing him, and he wasn't like reacting. All this shit, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's fucking psycho, and this is like her descent into madness, and like trying to convince everyone that she's not crazy, but like everyone sees that she is. No, it, it was legit demons. It was demons. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like the ritual mm-hmm. on Netflix. I don't know if you ever saw that one, but like it's about kind of this, a similar thing where it's just like there's something haunting these guys who are on a hike through a forest, who take a shortcut through a forest in Sweden, and something is happening to them on again with the Blair Witch. And at some point, you're thinking, okay, it could be like a spirit, or it could be like a cult because as it continues on you start seeing like remnants of old victims okay could be a cult out there could be just a, a something else but it turns out to be like some eldritch god who just lives in the forest that's worshipped by a giant cult yeah. and it's just like that took a turn about a team building exercise for some buddies <laughs> like that that was fascinating and the creature in that movie reminds me of a lot of the creature in smile mm. that we see and it's it's very horrific uh what i like about the new horror movies lately uh with smile because uh, it's a lot similar to the movie called it follows which came out years ago uh was the inescapable dread of intrusive thoughts mm. because that's what it is it's an intrusive thought that you can't burrow out of your fucking brain because it's it's too deep uh it follows is kind of similar but she's it's a curse uh but in this one is like a curse is the same thing but it's a mental curse that you just can't get the fuck rid of yeah um yeah because it kicks off the movie uh our main protagonist uh as i mentioned earlier she works in a psych ward uh she's a therapist uh and she was dealing with one of her clients and her client just started freaking the fuck out screaming there she is there she is she's gonna kill me and you see her like thrashing on the ground laying there she runs over to the red phone yo i need help by the time she turns back around old girl standing up straight up big ass grin on her face and cuts herself from fucking ear to ear underneath her neck mm. and that's the way it fucking kicks off and, um, and I thought I'd recognize the woman and it's because she looks like her mom Kara Sedgwick mm. that's Kevin Bacon's daughter oh shit yeah Sozy Bacon <laughs> okay gotcha but I'm just like okay her first movie her first big movie is gonna be a horror movie just like kevin bacon's was friday the 13th oh yeah this is fucking awesome way to go the baconator (laughs) it's still going (laughs) but like it it does that that opener is solid Mm -hmm. like i will say that like you don't get a lot of horror movies nowadays that are new that are just have a solid opener and i loved that yeah i recently watched friday 13th earlier today and i was Mm -hmm. just like man that fucking opener was awesome (laughs) just the two fucking counselors just getting it and i'm just like yeah that's that's the way you do it uh and yeah so after she uh murders herself in the uh therapy room that basically trans that transfers the demon to the new person um we're gonna kind of jump around on this i'm not gonna Mm. give a play-by-play because it's a horror film there's a lot of jumping around i will say probably the only plot point that made me just kind of go god damn it is after she reconnected with her cop ex-boyfriend she runs over to his house and she's like hey i need a favor can you please look up this guy on your computer 
And he's like, why? She goes, I, I just need to see something. They sees the, you know, death sign the area. Okay, is there any other news reports or reports with him? Uh, yeah, he witnessed a suicide earlier. What was the person's name? It was so-and-so. Look up that person. They get to the second one, and now he sees a pattern. He sees a pattern on the second person. It seems like he kind of gets the idea of like, oh, snap, something's going on here, which is why he's a little bit more eager to help her. Then, about 15 minutes later in the movie, he calls her, you didn't tell me it was a pattern. Bro, did you did you really assume it stopped there? I, why, <laughs> that, that was that one moment where I'm just like, no, you already saw that there was a pattern. You just had to call to give us additional dialogue to tell us that it goes back 15 parts. Got yeah, it. Like it, it, it's the ineptness of the police in a horror movie. <laughs> the, the, the Dewey of, of cops. <laughs> Yeah, from Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> like, it, it, it's it's the scream cops, man. Okay, that's how just just how it is. Uh, but, but Dewey actually knew what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, by the second part of the movie, before right, then he got murdered. <laughs> <laughs> then he got marked. He's like, wait, I think I figured it out. Step, 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 step. step. Uh, but you know, going into this movie, it reminded me a little bit of Malignant. Yep, uh, because of the some of the practical effects for one. Uh, the most horrific uh, jump cuts. Uh, one of my favorites is, uh, I believe it's her sister she's talking to, and she is having a panic attack breakdown just in her car. So, uh, to lead up to that one, because that, that's your favorite shocking moment, I want to lead it into my shocking moment, which happened right before that. Homegirls already saw the murder. She's having weird shit happening. Her boyfriend's even acting all weird, like, yo, what the fuck's going on? She's like, don't worry about it. My sister's having a birthday party for her daughter. I can't make it because I got to work. Shit goes down at work. You're you're laid off for about a week. Ugh, all right, fine. She decides, goes to the train shop, picks up a train for the kid, wraps it up, heads over there. Kid's unwrapping the present. It winds up being the dead cat they were searching for earlier in the film yep. and just the way he held it up yeah and like just that because i think even what kind of made it more visceral for me is me and my girl were watching it and the look on his face when he opened it she whispered she just kind of gently, quietly said he already had that one and I was just like, oh, this is about to get, you know, freaker, you know, Sally. This is something, I wonder how this is going to roll down. And then he pulls that dead cat out. And I was just like, oh, fuck. So she shows back up the next day to apologize to her sister. Yeah, well, like her sister, you know, you, most people can recognize someone who is in distress, mm-hmm. especially someone who is having a visceral panic attack. Especially if it's your sister. Yeah, when it's your relative. And, like, there's zero fucking sympathy very quickly. And they never applied any backstory to that Mm -hmm. to make it seem why her sister would be mad at her. Like, there's no way I'm going to automatically assume my sister would put a dead cat in a box for my child and me not second-guess myself being like, oh, my God, is she suffering from schizophrenia? Yeah. Let me... Let me assess the situation you know uh-huh. <laughs> and not overreact 
and freak her the fuck out while she's having a panic attack. Yeah, that might not be the best idea. Yeah, so there's no tact on that kind of sense, and it doesn't make any. That's the guy doesn't make any sense, but it kind of plays into the psychosis the girl's having. Yeah, uh, because it is a burdenous thing, and I think that kind of makes it more scary. Is like if you are experiencing this curse in a weird way, people will shun you, and there's then there's no help, and then like you're gonna have to face this on your own and. There's a hardcore 99% chance you will lose. So I think that really adds to the scary part of it. But she's going back to her car and she's like, like kind of like tantric breathing a little bit, trying to get her fucking bearings. And her sister walks up. And the way they shoot it is very well done. Uh, Ari Aster, A24, all that production. Same fucking way. That's that's yeah, what because it's, it's framed as if you're on the passenger side of the door, but on the outside. Yeah. What's really good about this is we're, we've seen shots like this in like Us, uh, Nope, Get Out, uh, Hereditary, Midsommar, all the new stuff, uh, Ty West stuff, uh, A Quiet Place. These visceral shots that you were like, I've never thought of shooting a movie like this. And it's, it's because they're using these newer guys that are doing the same innovative tricks like Wes Craven and John Carpenter did with like music and motion and it really throws you off and makes you uncomfortable because it looks like an independent film that we've seen on YouTube that are scary as fuck. And she walks up and knocks on the window and her whole head is dislocated from the body but still attached and just starts hanging and swinging. Mm-hmm, kind of with even like an elongated neck Yeah, almost. like Yeah, like somebody stretched her neck, took the bones out and let it fall. Yeah. And it just sends her into a death spiral. Like, it freaks her the fuck out because this is what the curse is supposed to do. And that freaked me the fuck out, too. And I felt like an idiot for it freaking me out because it's in the trailer. Yeah. It's one of the trailer shots. (laughs) So it's like I completely forgot about it. As soon as the head went, yoink, I jumped and then went, God damn it, I knew that part was coming. (laughs) But, like, did you? Like, because we've watched movies lately with trailers that show shots that aren't real. That is true. So we're being tricked the whole point. You know, I'm still waiting for Jen Erso to drop kick a tie fighter but like that never happened in fucking rogue one did it no 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 she died a fucking hero of the beaches of fucking saturn <laughs> the beaches of normandy yeah he died taking blackfire from the goddamn imperial scum and it's just like yeah 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 grandpa just go go back to the home i was there chewy was there another really good scene for me was um so when her ex-cop boyfriend calls her back and he's just like so there's a pattern and she's like well yes asshole that's what i was trying to tell you earlier he goes well yeah uh everyone died except for one mm-hmm. and he just so happens to be in town why don't you go look him up <laughs> it's a small world after all and the build-up of she, she she goes to um the place where homeboy's locked up in jail mm-hmm. and she's like hey um, I want to ask you about the curse and the set and the other. He goes, I don't talk to reporters. She's like, No, no, I'm my, you know, my my friend. You know, it's you know, I was curious on it. Blah blah blah. And he's like, starts to kind of open up and talk about it, and then she slips up and she goes, I just want to know if I'm gonna die. Yeah. And the look on his face, he's like, Oh, you got it's, it. It's you. Yeah. It's you. And the way he just starts screaming, he's like, Get away from me. Get away. Those are those moments that I'm looking for in those horror films. Like that guy read the script and went, 
I bet. Yeah. And just let himself loose. It reminds me it reminds me a lot of the Robert England scene from Stranger Things. Yes. When Nancy and them come down and it's just like, Oh, you dumb bitch, get the fuck out of here. You're going straight to hell, bitch. Yeah. Like, don't come at me. I saw hell. I don't like it. I'm getting the fuck out of there. I would have liked an extra little pin on his story though. I think we could get that in a sequel, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a build up, kinda like uh in the Evil Dead the uh, rise there was this whole that whole album being played with the priest talking about there are books that can be opened and like you hear the jeery and i'm like the next evil dead movie needs to be that priest that that's what that needs to be so i find it so funny that you bring up that exact scene so in evil dead rise when that scene happened the music nerd in me mm-hmm. is aching and cringing watching that entire scene because I'm just like none of this is possible none of this is possible and then the one that just the icing on the cake is when the needle fucking sparked I'm like there's no electricity going to the needle stop it (laughs) with the power of the devil there is Alex so fast forward to this movie she's listening back to (laughs) she's listening back to the um, recording Mm -hmm. of the girl that committed suicide in her office and she kept playing back this one small segment. And I'm looking at the waveforms. And yeah. I'm going, don't. Just fucking don't. And it was especially poignant because I've been doing these Misfits remasters. So I've been staring at fucking waveforms, pulling up different EQs to make shit sound good. Which it seemed like was exactly what she was about to do. And I'm like, I... You this end product better not sound like a fucking CD or I'm gonna be pissed. But right as it felt like they're about to do some fucked up shit, all of a sudden it went away, and I was like, okay, good. Because I swear to God, if she was about to fucking do a zoom and enhance on that fucking waveform and find this long ass sentence, I was about to just turn it the fuck off. <laughs> I'm like, just, you just can't take, just take you out of it. It, it would have so many few things take me out of a movie. That scene, if she had fucking pulled a zoom and enhance on that audio file, I, I would have just immediately thrown my hands up and be like, nope, never mind. Click. Yeah. <laughs> nah, what I really loved about this one was there's a preamble to her life with her mother who died of mental illness. I thought that was going to play a much larger role in the movie than it did. Dude, they le- they left it in as a MacGuffin, as just one little a red herring, like communism. Another reason I thought it was all in her mind that she mm-hmm. was going through the, her own personal psychosis because of what she experienced with her mother, yeah. or it was something that was passed on from her mother to her. It was, it's that Tim Curry moment in Clue. Communism is just a red herring. <laughs> it's like, oh, her, 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 uh, her genetic, uh, uh, her genetic lineage of mental illness is a red herring. That's not real. Uh, um, I didn't dislike that portion of the movie, but do you feel like her subplot with the mother was even necessary? Yes, for the final act. Uh, because... Like well, aside it, from the final act, did okay. Let me rephrase it. Do you feel like that subplot was created to have a crazy final act? No, because on a second watch through, it kind of foreshadows what's going to happen. Okay. Her mother is in such a self-destructive mode at that point where she's like, my mental illness has destroyed me to the point where I can't function to even take care of my family, my children. Right. Uh, It's better for me to leave this place than to stay. And the fact that her daughter walked in on her, like, basic suicide, like, Mm -hmm. in the go, but, like, in the motion of it. 
is this is what i leave my children not my mental illness but me failing at my mental illness and me being destroyed by it mm-hmm. and she is being destroyed by her curse slash mental illness so in all intents and purposes it foreshadows the whole ending mm. of on that second playthrough you know when i watch it the second time like right after i'm just like let me just see what's going on maybe i might miss something and then i realized very quickly i'm like okay no this whole movie is about the curse of mental illness whether it's genetic whether or not it's you know hereditary or not or is it a nature versus nurture kind of thing and no matter what she did she wasn't going to escape it and it was going to be her ending because not only is she genetically contaminated by mental illness she's put herself in a place where she's surrounded by it as a job so she's basically become the perfect victim for the curse itself so this is where it needs to end but happenstance happens with Dewey the cop and he just shows the fuck up and the curse is like keep going baby and I'm like perfect so, so what about uh, the older dude uh, that kept turn- that the first scene he had with her was the you're gonna die you're gonna die you're gonna die and then later on she had that mental thing of like stabbing him and he didn't respond mm-hmm. how do you think he played into it all I think he played into it as just like because like it a, really felt like he was going to be well, something too. That was going. That's that's the that's the kind of the plug of the, the main character's problem. I could just give it to him, and it would end because they just they'll just put him in a padded room and he'll die. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what exactly what would happen to him. The curse would stop, and it's an easy out. And we never see a movie end well when there's an easy out. And she wouldn't have done it. She's too pure of heart, basically, at that point. But by the time the movie ends, she probably wished she should have stabbed that motherfucker to death. Like, like there is that there, she hasn't taken it seriously enough, or isn't obeying the hallucinations enough. Because I will say this: if you watch it on that second playthrough, it gives her an out like four or five times. It gives her an out. You could go. You can give this to somebody else. Go ahead, do it. Just do it. Just, just give this to someone but, else. But this is the part maybe I misunderstood. And maybe this was a part where I was kind of like maybe drifting in Mm. and out. But um, was that the reason the one guy was able to shake the curse? He was able to give it to someone else? Because I thought the only way to pass it on was by your own death. Well, no, you can kill someone in front of someone else. That was the other. Oh, you're right. You're right. I forgot about that. There was another person in the room with her and the old man. And like, if she's like, if I could just give this to someone else, if they could see the the PTSD which I saw on the same level then they'll have it and I will be free of it you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like basically uh, transferring your trauma yeah. uh, to someone else in another horrific manner and it gives her the out Yeah, it's like you can do it it's okay but did it really give her the route because she? It felt like she was wanting to go through with it at the hospital. Yeah, but she. Stopped. But then it cl- clicked to find out that she's still in the car the whole time. Yeah, uh, I think that click is just her disassociating mm-hmm. and just deciding not to do it and walking back to her car and then coming back. So you don't think that was a hallucination from her because we get a whole bunch of like very visceral hallucinations. Yeah, I think I think to that's where just, when she snaps out of it, she's like, "Oh, what the fuck?" I think yeah, she's just disassociating so every time we hear the click, mm-hmm. it's just her coming to. I think that's all that was. It's just as like a, a mechanism to show that she is fully disassociating from the situation and blacking out. And it's the thing, the creature or curse or whatever you want to call it, giving her an out. Because all it wants to do is just go neck to the next person. That's all right. it wants to do. No different from the movie Sinister, mm-hmm. where it's just like, I need this kid to kill the whole family 
so we can go to the next house or go yeah. to the next family. I need, I need this, and it's a feeding process. And it could be decades old and it, it could be days old, but this one is just like, I want to give you the option. There is no time limit. This isn't like the ring, you know, that, that there's, I'm going to give you some outs until you break. And mm-hmm. depending on the person, how they break, you know, it could be months, it could be weeks, it could be a fucking day. Like, the girl she meets in the beginning has been suffering for a while so lord knows how long she's had this problem uh so it was uh let known in the movie that the curse lasts anywhere between four to seven days yeah so depending on the person how strong they are they got a week to Mm -hmm. figure this shit out if they're a weaker person four days yep so it's all about you know mental fortitude by that point and for her for someone like her Mm -hmm. she lasted seven days like she she lasted the full tilt and that's when the thing puts her in an associative mode where she thinks she's okay to lull her in like kind of like a bait and switch and because it has to do that Mm -hmm. that's the thing that's the full full ten of its power if it has to wait the seven days kind of like freddie when you're finally just in the dream that's your ass yeah but like, if you keep fighting him and fighting him, he gets a little weaker, and he starts having to pull some bigger punches. You know that that's kind of the, the whole scam of you know Nightmare on Elm Street was. If you keep reentering the world with intent on hurting him, he's just going to make it the problems bigger and bigger. Whether he's a snake man or a giant television, so like, like, <laughs> but like that's that that's it, that was the gimmick, and they kind of educational pull, television. Like, Welcome to prime time, bitch. And it's like you know that, that's what that is. Uh, but when what? you make it when you make it pull out all the stops and you see it in full regalia, that's when you got a fucking problem. One of my favorite hallucinations, mainly because it caught me so off guard. And these kind of movies, it sucks sometimes being such a fan of this kind of stuff mm-hmm. because you're always looking for the next thing, so you almost kind of spoil it for yourself at times. Yeah. Favorite hallucination scene was after the failed um therapy session with her and her current boyfriend that after like the second half after like the first half of the movie he's like fucking peace bitch and we never see him again um but the therapist comes back the next day and she's like look um i need to know that you're okay uh i need to know that you're fine so i can sign off uh otherwise i have to submit this report and you're gonna get fired so you need to prove to me that you're fine bites her in they sit across from the couch and they're talking this that and the other and she's like you know are you gonna talk about anything she's like there's nothing to talk about i'm fine there's nothing going on she's like then why do you look like that i'm tired i didn't sleep well last night well that that could be part of your psychosis i mean are you truly okay i'm fine she's like doing all this stuff to like try to convince her and the therapist said something like yeah but you're not fine like something along those lines she's like what what do you mean and then the phone rings and she picks it up and it's the therapist saying i've been trying to reach you for days are you okay and then she looks back up and the figure is smiling at her. Yeah. That was the like even talking about it now, it like it gave me goosebumps because yeah. you you're not expecting to come face to face with the villain like that so early. Cause you're only just now starting to kinda understand what's happening. All of a sudden we just got an exposition with the demon. It really caught me off guard. And not in a oh wow, so surprising, so innovative, but like, damn. 
cool. But like, compare, what's next? Compare that to the end. That's very the that first one's very subtle, ain't it? You know, it's very like I'm gonna turn your brain off for a minute so I can show you something, and then I, then I'll click you back on. I can't control the outside disturbances, but I'm gonna turn you off for about two seconds, and then that phone's gonna ring. I'm, I'm gonna be lose control, but I got your ass. I got your name, mm-hmm. and that's it. And then by the end of it, it's too late, honey. Yep. Like hey, she's 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 there full regalia of what she actually is, and it's yeah. So let's get it, to that because then and it plays and it like it plays on the foreshadowing of the mom. Yeah. So. Uh, what is it she kind of decided whereas like if she went back to her main trauma and like mm. uh, fought it that she could like get rid of the demon the side and the other she shows Same up plot is a uh, um, i think it's like nightmare on Elm street four yeah so <laughs> could confront the demon and that'll house. kill it um i get that it's a horror movie trope but i do not understand the concept of you go back to your old house and it's exactly the way you fucking left it like are all these people fucking just when something bad happens they just walk out the door lock it and just don't fucking do anything fuck the clothes fuck all my personal belongings it's just in the house I'm not going to try and resell it I'm not going to do anything with this I'm just going to leave it sitting here on this property locked my favorite part about that it still has electricity (sighs) and the light bulbs still work Again, and the power it, still works. It doesn't take away from the movie at all. It's a trope. Yeah. Every fucking movie has it. But at the same time, I'm sitting here going, stop. Give me an empty house. Quit giving me a house with shit in it. That's, like not, a, that's not the way this goes. Well, it's the same as like uh, Evil Dead 2013. It's like, oh, we haven't been to this cabin since mom and dad. And mom died when we were children. And it's just like, hey, look, somebody broke in and yet... All the furniture's in a decent spot. There's some leaves on the floor. Yeah. Oh, wait, what is that? Oh, a ritual sacrifice in the basement. Yep. 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 God, yep, yep. Goddamn was use. here. Goddamn use. <laughs> the Utes were here. The Utes were out there with their cult and bullshit. Burnt a girl alive in my basement. I just now can smell it. <laughs> so she shows up, goes in the bedroom, of course, has the hallucination with her mother, slowly morphs into the demon. She's backing out super fucking cool scene where like the demon is growing in size Mm. and everything else and uh finds a way to defeat it and it seems like she like runs outside yeah so she this is the part i'm foggy on because it was before she gets entered yeah (laughs) yeah so so what she's in a dissociative state Mm -hmm. and all intents and purposes she can control the situation and fight the best she can but remember, this is the end of the of the seven days. So her time is up. If she wins, she wins. If she does, she doesn't. But there, but there is no failing the situation. Yeah. Uh, and her whole like victory, her faux victory over the demon at mm-hmm. the end, is nothing but a lull, a lullaby for her. So the demon's like, gotcha. Well, see, so I'm wanting to kind of give it a, because the way it actually went down was really well. And that's why I'm trying to give a little bit of a, not necessarily a play-by-play, but just the structure of the way it happened. She had the confrontation, started walking backward out of the hallway. And I'm trying to remember what happened because, oh, I remember what it was. She ran outside, set the house on fire. Mm. That's what it was. Ran outside, set the house on fire. Was just like, oh my God, it's done. I finally did it. She leaves the property 
I think what she goes back to her apartment. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. She goes back to her apartment and then has another hallucination and she's like, what the fuck runs out of her apartment. And as she's running out of her apartment, it transitions to she's back in the yard at the house. Yeah. Nothing's changed. That was the moment where again, I felt a little sleepy. I thought we were at the end, and as soon as that happened, it felt like a jolt of electricity. I was just like, oh, well, oh fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. It reminds me of the end of Silent Hill, where she's carrying her daughter out of Silent Hill to bring her, and she brings her, she gets in the car, and they go all the way home. They can't find the dad, and it's just like, oh, no, you're still there. Silent Hill just expanded. You're in that foggy universe. Now that's just an illusion. Yeah. And now you're stuck there. Uh, and there's nothing you could do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I loved about that movie. You know, it was like the play on the faux victory is fantastic. Mm-hmm. This movie, you know, coming out of nowhere like it did, uh, reminded me of the movie Mama with the little girl, was little girls that were abandoned in a house. They were like feral children, and they find them. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that oh. one fucking solid bro uh, but no, so she, she runs back out of the house now she's back in her old yard yeah and she turns back around and sees the house is like still standing yeah it's all a, it's all a trick this is the moment in all the horror movies that everyone fucks up you ran out of the house you realize that it is still or that you were still under a trance don't run back into the house you are out again keep running one shot would have fixed it once one one scene would have fixed it is her running away and just ended up in the back same place because you got to remember sometimes the only way out is through and so like she has to be vigilant Mm -hmm. so like you could probably argue that all right so that was a delusion can she use what she did in the delusion in real life? Could she like do that exact same motion the exact same way and get that same outcome now that she's in the real world? And no. <laughs> because she fucks up. <laughs> because she's such you know, it's like Lord and a fish, you know, you let them, you let them lead a little bit and then bring them in. Let them lead and keep bringing them in. The fish doesn't know it's getting closer to the shore until you do that final pull so like that's what it's doing it's fishing her in it's baiting her with a victory and lulling her into a sense of security and like gotcha bitch mm-hmm. and like you know, to quote Dave Chappelle gotcha and dude some and I'm not even like into the whole Bari horror gore mm-hmm. thing one of the most visceral scenes of that demon staring her right in the eye and then just yeah rips her fucking jaw open like the mandible just at full 180 degrees is mm-hmm. just like a and straight like line exposed face with tendons and bone and shit yeah. reaches over to her stretches her mouth open and all you see is her head entering her mouth before her ex cop boyfriend busts in the door and just sees her smiling yeah and you know it's over at that point. Yeah, so it works kind of like uh, uh, a lipche, which is a uh, Native American like uh, Wendigo, uh, where like if you see it, you're part of it now. And you know, a, a Wendigo kind of works the same way. It's you know, death by Wendigo. Yeah, de- it's it's death by uh, circumstance. So like not death by snoo snoo. No, nah, not like that. Those women don't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, like, 
it is a it is an old way of telling a horror story a little bit like this is the campfire story mm-hmm. you know but in a modern telling uh this could be you know four paragraphs long told by fire you know like this, this is the same kind of story but someone took that and made it into something you know an hour and a half long yeah but it was worth watching you know and that's what i love about these you know i love to be you know when halloween comes around the, the review of horror movies 2023 is gonna be fucking excited oh yeah but um until then you know this is this is up the notch on probably the best horror movies of the 2020 so far yeah and that's the reason why i uh i brought it up for the main topic on this one is uh yeah we we definitely are going to go through our you know the best horror movies of 2023 this movie came out last year yeah it's 2022 so yeah. it deserved its own episode damn it <laughs> yeah but it, it came out on streaming by 2023 I yeah, think. yeah yeah because uh, i watched it i watched it earlier this year mm-hmm. and it was when i watched like all the new ones because i watched this in malignant fucking bad shit I, I could do a whole episode on I feel that like I, rem- I feel like I saw Malignant as well I just don't remember it's it just right about off. a woman who's possessed who knows karate and kills an entire police force actually no I don't think I saw that one yeah me and Hammer talked about it for like a good 15 minutes one time and we're just like you don't have to watch it <laughs> it's good but it's bad shit stupid <laughs> <laughs> Well, is there any other really good moments from that movie we could mention? Because, you know, yeah, we've talked about a decent amount of spoilers, but at the same time, I feel like it's still one of those movies where it's like we could spoil everything. Mm. And when someone still watches it the first time, they're still going to be enjoyed. I don't know. I think we covered it pretty well. Um, there was the scene with the kid when he's lifting it out of the box that I thought this may be hallucination because if he starts smiling, Oh, okay, she's disassociating again. Yeah. We're about to get a click track and her end up in a car. And you know, and I think that may have been another reason why that scene was so visceral is you're waiting for the snap. Mm-hmm. And the snap never comes. Yeah, that's another thing. If you watch it on that second go around, you'll notice the click noise, that click track noise. That's that's what separating her out. That's her coming out of it. Because mm-hmm. you hear it kind of faintly when the music kind of rises when her sister comes to her car and her fucking neck snaps open. Yeah, you'll hear that click, but it's kind of hard to hear over the noise. Mm-hmm. So it, it it has its moments and it's really good. I give it a you know an eight out of ten when it comes to horror movies. You know, it's, it's an original story, hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a franchise. It could not. It could be a standalone, which would be just as fine. Uh, if we were to see a smile too. Uh, keep smiling keep smiling or some shit or um, what was fun about this movie was the uh, advertising Uh, they did this last year uh, I don't know if you know this during the baseball season where they had these creepy ass motherfuckers smiling and like behind home plate and shit and I'm like if I'm a pitcher and I see you fucking smiling ear to ear and not moving. I'm throwing a baseball at you. <laughs> like, you fucking weirdo. See, I loved that marketing campaign. I thought oh, solid. That, I thought that was great. It, it, it had the uh, the same energy as the Aqua Teen Hunger Force uh, promos where they put out those LED signs mm-hmm. all across New York and everyone's like, what the fuck is oh, this? Oh, it's like a, 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 like a skyscraper building lights. Well, no, you don't yeah. remember this. No, uh, I, no, I remember. But I was like, they also did with sky, uh, like skyscrapers. They'd have office buildings turn on their lights a certain way. Yeah, and it'd be like the alien creatures from Aqua Teen. Yeah, no, this one I'm thinking of is the. Uh, it was like those four by four boxes with like uh, it almost looked like light bright yeah. things put in. 
people were calling in saying that they were bombs and shit like that. Like it, it wound up being like this huge ass thing. Yeah, fucking the guys from Aqua Teen. It was just Adult Swim in general were just fucking solid when it came to marketing. But no, so I, I think the marketing for Smile was fantastic yeah. with this uh, as well. There's another marketing campaign going on for a new uh, sci-fi flick going on uh, with like people dressed as androids, but half their skull in the back is gone. It's filled with, like robotics and stuff, but it's all like CGI makeup and stuff like that. But they're walking around like New Yorkers, like in pairs to mm-hmm. kind of like. It's a, it's a new form of advertising that's a little bit more visceral, but if you're not used to that, you're not going to like that shit. No. No, no, no. no you you really need to uh, prepare yourself for something like that because, you know, I can't have, you know, a four foot two girl dressed in a, a, a dress and a fake face, being, you know, advertising <laughs> Megan, which is another movie, you know, that'll be covered on the mm-hmm. review because that movie is fantastic. That was really fun. And for my rating, I'd give it an eight and a half, nine what, out smile? of ten. Smile. Yeah. Um, I honestly liked this a little bit more than the new Evil Dead. Yeah. The new Evil Dead was really good. I think. I think. I, but like, I walked away from this one feeling more satisfied. I, I gave Evil Dead Rise a higher rating because I'm just such a fucking fan of that stuff, and it's so good how they're expanding it. And I think people miss that part of it. Oh, I mean, I think that part's great. But like a lot of people who are just like into horror and talk about how much they love Sam Raimi's Evil Dead even the 2023 one are just like kind of missing the point I think I think it kind of overshot itself with some of the uh, not great CGI yeah but there were some choices that took, made that, that took that took them out of took a lot of people out of it but it took them out of it to the point where they kind of just start forgetting shit and that's the problem is it's like when you let something you know take it out of you like that, you can run into some problems. Yeah. Yeah, so. But no, I thoroughly enjoy it. Definitely recommend for folks to watch it if you would. Yeah, it's almost not. as good as like Puppet Masters. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have any other horror movie suggestion for us, definitely leave a comment in the Discord or on Instagram or on Facebook or wherever the hell you do all that shit. But if you do have a Discord or if you don't, just sign up for it. It's free. It's Fuck fun. It. Epi- uh, link is in this episode description along with all the other great shows on the network like History we forgot cryptic conspiracy cult this fucking guy and something good for you thank you i, I was literally sitting here i was like fuck don't, don't, don't forget to plug your own shit i can't i can't i don't fucking shit anymore dude <laughs> and if you want to see her any of that cool misfit shit click the link in the bio for that one for the fiend media club chris as always, thank you so much for rolling on in and doing this shit with us. It's been a fun as fuck episode. And for this episode of The Couch Potatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? I just saw the trailer for Killers Over Flower Moon. It's going to be the most serious fucking movie of 2023, and it's going to be the best goddamn movie of 2023. Because it's Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese. You've been listening to the Something Good Network. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Instagram, and check out the other great shows on the network. Link is in the episode description.